0: Welcome back in the heated agreement. I'm your host, Dorfie. Uh, Thank you for joining us today. We've got a big show for you. Uh, we get a high school former high school football coach to join us. We're going to be previewing the 2A through 4A state semifinal matchups that I believe are starting today. Uh, we make some predictions. We talk about that. Uh, college football rankings came out on Tuesday while we were recording and shortly thereafter ohio state was granted a wish by the big 10 the big 10 helps them out um, they waived the rule that ohio state or any big 10 team therefore has to play at least six conference games to make their title game after three cancellations because of covid ohio state was sitting at 5 and 0 oh, yes 5 and 0 oh after playing michigan and beating michigan state and beating them like a drum and then the Michigan game this week gets canceled. And shortly thereafter, like I said, the Big, Tw- Big Ten wave waves the rule. So obviously the Big Ten can kind of do what it wants. What I've been thinking about is, how come the college football committee has been ranking Ohio State in these teams that hadn't played six games? So normally in a normal season, I think it's after the sixth week that is when they finally start ranking teams and this year, I think it was the fifth week. So, I mean, what, whatever it was, I, they, they should have a threshold for teams to make the college football playoff, whatever that is. If you meet it, then you can get in. Um, let's see. So, I know they changed it. Originally, 2014, they did it week 10. So, all the teams were at least 7-0, seven 8-0-ish. Seven played eight games and then now 2019 the last couple years it was after week seven or eight i'm sorry it's always been week 10 so if it's such a big deal that you wait this long in the season to put the rankings out so you can have a full slate of games to judge everybody off of why why let ohio state stick up so high in your rankings originally make them work their way up there and i think that the committee it it may be on way off base here but i believe the committee should have taken that into consideration instead of moving ohio state down as you know it it doesn't make sense so you start the season the first week of college football rankings and ohio state is at number three or four with have only played one maybe two games i think why why have them so high when all you've seen is one game of them when a lot of what you've done every year since you've been in existence is we want to see what you look like at the back half of your schedule we know you can look very good at the beginning why rank ohio state that high early on it saves you a lot of headache and then it it, it's defendable too if they would have came out and said ohio state we we theoretically think that they are a top two team in the country but all these other teams have been proving it for five to six seven weeks now and we've only seen one game from these guys yeah they have justin fields they have all these five stars their defense their front seven is stacked but you know that secondary it could it, it could have some issues michael Penix figured it out in the second half you got to play the games and i'm not saying ohio state does not deserve a playoff bid but i am saying that i don't believe that you should be having them ranked as highly as you do now they they need to earn it they need to get up there with by earning it on the field not what they've recruited to and what they've done in the past anyways getting into that right before we're about to bring on the tobin interview but that's just my two cents on it i think at the end of the day when we sit down and lay our heads at night, what is that gonna be the 20th? So the night before December 21st, when we go to bed that night, I think your playoff teams are gonna be something along the lines of this. Number one, Alabama. Oh man. I guess I'm just calling my shot on the Notre Dame game. I think Notre Dame, my I think Notre Dame pulls it off. Maybe it's I'm biased and hoping for A&M. But I've got Notre Dame pulling it off. So you got Alabama number two, Notre Dame number three excuse me, Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, and then you can find Ohio, I I bet they switch it up though, you know, once they realize the four teams that are going to get in there, they're not afraid to move the rankings around to get the matchups they want, so I think you're going to be looking at number one, Alabama, number two, Notre Dame, number three, Texas A&M, number four, Ohio State. And i think that's what you'll have right there you saw it in 2017 maybe that was 18 with alabama and georgia playing in the college football final you don't they don't they don't not kind of want to make that match up there in the semis so i think they'll let texas a&m jump ohio state wouldn't make a lot of sense but i think they'll let texas a&m jump ohio state to become the three seed to avoid having to play Alabama again. But with that, that's, that's kind of my thoughts on that. We'll see how it all plays out. And here is the interview with Tobin and our preview on Texas high school football semifinals. If you're gonna play in Texas, you gotta have a fiddle in the band. That lead guitar is hot, but not for a Louisiana man. So raw's enough that both are faded love, and let's all dance. If you're going to play in Texas, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Welcome back in the unit agreement. I'm Jorphy, joined today by Tobes, our high school football guy. He's a uh, Texas high school football legend from uh, from over there in central Texas. Was that, the 512? No, that's the 254, baby. 254, 254, got to mix yeah. it up.
1: And you're using the word legend very loosely. I actually didn't play high school football, but I did coach it and uh, been around it a lot.
0: Yeah, le- legend doesn't mean you have to play it. I mean, String is a Texas Aggie football legend. He, I doubt he ever played football. <laughs> I,
1: I've, I've listened to a couple of his podcasts. Pretty, pretty insightful.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess just real quick, the college football playoff rankings just dropped. Uh, nothing new in the top six. You got Alabama at one, Notre Dame at two. Clemson at three, Ohio State at four, and then the Aggies at five, Gators at six. And just like I predicted, the Iowa State Cyclones hopped the Cincinnati Bearcats. The Bearcats haven't played since November 21st. And I'm trying to remember who it was. So they beat the Cyclones beat Texas two weeks ago. And then they just demolished one of the better defenses in the country in West Virginia. Yeah. Uh what they 45 or 42 up on them this past weekend it was like 45 to three yeah. or something like that. And
1: I want to say West Virginia either was favored or it was like a two and a half point. There were two and a half point dogs. It was supposed, it was a close spread. It was supposed to be close. And
0: I, I didn't think it, I think it was five and a half. Woody was over there telling me that I needed to help hop on that. Cause it was Iowa state at home. And I was like, oh. that was one of my locks. I just, I just couldn't hop on Iowa state, you know, that, that, even the games that they're supposed to win, they always find a way to keep them close. So uh, I was I was rather shocked by that. And then I saw a stat or, or a tweet today about how Cincinnati has not played since November 21st with all the cancellations. And as a non-power five team, that's eventually going to come back to bite you in the ass. Mm-hmm. You 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 just got to keep playing. So like if BYU would have won and played after they played Coastal last weekend. I think you would have seen them try to pick up somebody else along the way, maybe A&M with the way that it turned out today. Right. Um, but since they lost, they're kind of out of playoff con- uh, well, conversation in New Year's Six. So,
1: and, and I think what hurts. Go ahead. I think what hurts Cincinnati a little bit is uh, SMU dropping out of the top twenty-five. Um, that right. Was their only top twenty-five win, and when S, I don't remember who SMU played, but they went and laid an egg real bad and uh, dropped out, and then. Tulsa, once they beat Tulsa, Tulsa will drop out of the top 25, and then they won't have any top 25 wins anymore. Right. So you know, with that happening, you had to think that somebody eventually would probably jump Cincinnati. It was just it was just a matter of when.
0: Right. Which brings me to my next thing about the college football rankings today is does Iowa State have a chance to get in.
1: Oh man, they're
0: you think about it. Florida loses, yeah. They're, they they jump them if they beat and then they beat OU. That might be enough to jump the Aggies. So I think they could find their way at five. If Clemson were to fall to Notre Dame, I think you could see
1: a chance. I don't, I don't know if they'll jump the Aggies. I, I just think. don't think they jump the Aggies. Uh, I think the I you hear the the so-called eye test. A M beat Florida. Um, Florida's most likely going to lose to Alabama, so that'd be two top five losses for Florida. I just don't see an Iowa State team who while, while UL Lafayette is good, they're a top 25 team, but they're not a top 10 team. Um, and then Iowa State also, who was their other loss again? I'm trying to remember. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State's fallen off. They don't look like the Cowboys did at the start of the year, who is that top 10 team. Um, I mean, they just got absolutely, I wouldn't say just smoked, but TCU really put it on them in that second half of that last game.
0: Yeah, the (laughs) cool thing about having an actual – anyways, so if you had Iowa State's resume this year in a normal BCS year, Mm -hmm. you would probably be ranked in the 15s with two losses Uh, here where the committee can look and see that that Oklahoma state team that they beat earlier in the year is not the same team that they are now due to injuries and other, other circumstances. And then you can look and see that Lafayette is, you know, and you can see that it's a COVID year, weird stuff happened at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and so I think you're seeing also the reason that a number five is number one the loss was Alabama. Alabama but that was an ugly like terrible loss but it gets a little bit forgiven now when that's people judging it instead of computers so they, there's yeah. time to forget and obviously they don't forget they see the loss on the, the one on the other end of the record but at the same time I think this is a scenario where if you're going to lose you lose at the beginning of the season and I think if Iowa State were to win the Big 12 against Oklahoma, then you get another top 15 win. I, th- I still think they need two of the people. So I think obviously Florida, we're, we're banking on Florida to lose. We're just right. going to throw that out there. Yeah. So they'll jump Florida. They can get to six. There's a pathway to six. There's a chance. I I, mean, I, I still think they need AM to lose to Tennessee. Um, I don't know. And no. now say that's what? The case. Say this. That- yeah but then if Clemson loses twice without and then Clemson would not have a conference championship, I think Iowa State would jump in front of Clemson for sure
1: mm-hmm. I don't know what would happen with AM and Iowa State. Well we'll put this scenario out there. So say you know Ohio which I think I don't think this will happen because I think the Big Ten will change the rules for Ohio State but say Ohio State doesn't get to play in the Big Ten championship and they're done for the year. Um, Clemson. Clemson loses to Notre Dame. AM jumps up to number three. Who comes in at four? Do you put Ohio State in with only five games or you put a what nine and two conference champion Iowa State in there at number four over Ohio State because of that body of work and that eye test because then you look at it they beat Oklahoma and Oklahoma's playing pretty good right now.
0: Yeah so I think you can you you're saying that make, you're saying the you scenario made? they don't you they don't fix it up to where they get to play the Big Ten title game.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm putting the scenario that say that that somehow doesn't happen, which I do think that's going to happen. The, you're always going to prop up your best team. You're, go, you're right. Yeah.
0: So may, maybe it's because I like chaos, but I think I would take a, Iowa State due to the quality of wins they have. So when mm-hmm. it's all, when it's all said and done, they'll have. A top twenty-five win over Texas, a top 15 two, over, that, two
1: over Oklahoma.
0: Two top two wins over Oklahoma. Forgot about that. Um, a loss to a team that in the eyes of the committee is probably a top twenty-five team. And then a yeah another top twenty-five team in losing it. So that was one team. And then Iowa State has two losses, but then when you factor in the fact that Iowa State will be a conference champion and Ohio State won't, I think that could make up for that second loss and give you enough reason to propel them over Ohio State. I think if Ohio State doesn't play in the championship game, they're fucked.
1: Yeah, Oh, there's no doubt. They they have to play in the conference championship game. If they don't, they're done.
0: So question, Ohio State doesn't play in the conference championship game. Clemson gets drubbed by Notre Dame. Is there three teams SEC teams in the playoff?
1: Florida uh, beats Bama. I I I don't think you will. If Florida beats Bama, yes. Florida.
0: So if you see Florida beats Bama, that that will put Florida in for sure somewhere probably around number two. And, and you're or, not gonna. You're, yeah. Notre Dame Notre would Dame. be one in this scenario. Florida two bama three bama three would a and m get in i think in that scenario they'd probably throw ohio state in there just for shits and gigs like we already know how this cookie plays out
1: yeah because then you don't think so much hell well then you have you have one versus four and then you have a match which would be a and m and notre dame unless you want to put bama four and then you do a rematch of florida and uh a and m at two and three but i just don't see that happen i think the committee would do some they're, they're, they're going to do something to where that doesn't happen. Right.
0: But what could be?
1: Uh, that, I like that, all that, these uh, what ifs. Uh, I mean, for, it's, but, it's you remember
0: it's, the BCS? It. There's always people like, I want chaos. I want chaos to see what the computers do. We haven't yeah, had, remember, really had true chaos. We wanted,
1: we wanted all that chaos after that, what, nine to six LSU Alabama game. And then Alabama comes and kind of, I wouldn't say kicks LSU's ass in the national championship, but. They put it on them pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so to kind of close that out, we always cheered for chaos back then, and I don't think the committee's really had to touch down Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't think the committee's really had true chaos to figure out. I think that one year where Ohio State had to get picked over the Big 12 schools, I think that's really the toughest decision they've ever had to make. But I think if you see Clemson lose – which, if I'm to,
1: Baylor, in that, in that year, I'm pissed.
0: Right, because Ohio State went through and won it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, if you like chaos, I think you want to be cheering for Clemson to lose to Notre Dame, Florida to beat Alabama, and Ohio State to either not win their conference game or not get in the conference game, either or. Mm-hmm. If that were to happen, I think you would have to – the committee would either have to go with three sec teams or take an Iowa state. I I could see them taking Iowa state over A&M in that scenario and it being, you know, not called for, but understandable. Not that I would agree with it, but.
1: Somewhat warranted. Yeah. Um, Any other comments on the college football playoff rankings for this week? Pretty much what I thought it was going to be, honestly. Um, it really it really kind of as an as an m fan looking at it it really kind of sucks you know that our game against old miss got canceled because that would have just been one more opportunity to, for the committee to see us in ohio state not playing this weekend yeah um, Lives would have been on us and so uh that was really kind of a missed opportunity which i know everybody else has harped on but it's just one of those things <laughs>
0: What uh? Let's get to your specialty. What are your thoughts on? Did you watch it? I know we were texting back and forth during the Columbus and Howellsville game. Did you watch other games this weekend?
1: Yeah, I kind of flipped through uh through all of them. Uh, th- not I wouldn't say all of them. Um, but four A through two A just to kind of see what was going on around the state. Uh, I was gonna start at the top on the four A D one. Um, we're down to the semifinals for each division, uh, 4A through 2A. And then 1A is actually six-man state game. Is They've got the state uh, teams, I guess, lock, locked in already. But I don't know a whole lot about them, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, leave those alone. Okay. 4A, D1, uh, final four, we have the Canyon Eagles versus Argyle, the Argyle Eagles. Um, if you're familiar with college – or not college, high school football – you know that Argyle is one of those mainstay programs that's always in it every single year. Um, they're led by quarterback C.J. Rogers. He's thrown for about 3,000 yards this year. And they have a three-star receiver, uh, Cole Kirkpatrick, who's went for 1,200 yards this year. So they're pretty solid through the air. And they also have a couple guys over 500 yards rushing. So they're pretty uh, dynamic offensively. Um, Canyon's led by three different seniors. Uh, quarterback J.D. Ford, he's thrown for 2,300 yards then uh Indian as in canyon texas like out of the panhandle right? yeah Holy out, way shit. out there right next to amarillo yeah wt stand out yes sir yes sir and then uh they got a guy named jack mckay out at receiver who's who has 1200 yards receiving as well and then uh, a guy named brody cook at running back 1200 yards rushing this year so they've got a they've got a potent offense as well um just off history alone I think that Argyle and that tradition is just going to be a little bit too much for them. So I have the Argyle Eagles at 14-0 moving on uh, to the state championship. Uh, next game we have on there is Lindell versus the Austin LBJ Jaguars. So Lindell, uh, they actually, I think, dropped down this year uh, from what I thought I read correctly. Uh, Lindell is out there in East Texas, uh, also known as Beast Texas. Uh, pretty slow the time. Uh, they've always got a good squad out there. Austin LBJ is one of those teams. Uh, they finished runner up this year in their district to Lampasas. uh, which Lampasis has been pretty solid uh, the last couple of years, but uh, LBJ has got some athletes. They have a guy named Latrell McCutcheon, who's a four-star defensive back. He's committed to OU. So I'm interested to see how they hold up against Lindell because Lindell is just kind of one of those teams that's always around and they got to, they got a running back who's 6'2", 200 pounds, and he's went for over 800 yards this year. And dude's just – he just gets after it a little bit. So I'll be interested to see what happens in that game, uh, just with some of the athletes that Austin LBJ has to go against Lindell. But I'm going to take Lindell in that one.
0: You know who um, – you know who's from Lindell, right? Who? The craziest white girl to ever walk through. Oh, Miranda
1: Lambert. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Pat uh, she-
1: Mahomes' his dad was born born in there or from there. See, why I don't think White House is that far because uh Mahomes is from White House and I don't think right outside of Tyler and Lindell. Yeah, it's not too far from Lindell.
0: But I knew that rang a bell, which was driving me crazy. So ooh, oh yeah. I guess we'll get there, but if you had to pick right now, are you take who are you taking at state?
1: At state? Um so it's gonna be my guess would be Argyle versus Lindell. Man, it's hard to go against Argyle, they're just they're just so tradition-rich, and they're always there. And I tend to go with those teams that have been there before sometimes just because they, they're brothers and uncles and stuff like that. And, you know, dads have played in those games before, and it's just kind of in these small towns, it just runs in your veins. Winning just runs in your veins, and those guys just uh, seem to always get it done when they get there. So I'd probably go with Argyle in this uh, to, to be my state champion for the 4A D1. Moving on, uh, we have four A D two. So uh, I actually think that four A D two might be have a couple might be better teams actually than four A D one. In our first game, you have the Graham Steers at eleven and one against the Gilmer Buckeyes. Um, Graham, they had they're led by a guy named Hunter Lanham who's thrown for twenty four hundred yards, and they have four receivers that are over two hundred and fifty yards and two over five hundred. So they spread the ball out pretty well. Uh, and then they got a running back who's went for 1,800 yards. I mean, Texas high school football, uh, the spread these days is just really, uh, you know, some of these offenses are just really dynamic in what they can do. They can run. They can pass. They, obviously, they can just do a little bit of it all. But then you get to go against Gilmer, man. Gilmer is one of those teams from East Texas that's always – you always seem to hear about them. Uh, their quarterback's thrown for three, or 3,400 yards. And also rush for nine hundred. So, dude, dynamic. His name is Brandon Tennyson, and so I'll be interested interested to see what he does against Graham. And then there's two brothers from Gilmer, the Fluellen brothers. Both of them have gone for over eight hundred yards receiving this year. So, how about how how's that for having two brothers, you know, out there on the outside for you that can kind of go up and make a play happen for you?
0: And just uh, you know, I I played with my brother, and obviously we weren't all state or shit, but there there's just a connection. Like you play, you play with him your entire life. And I mean, it made us like little negative three stars look like we were actually, like if we were playing on a court together, like just, it makes you look a lot better than you are when you know where he's going to be at all times and you know how he thinks. And yeah, you can get that comfortability with other players, but at the same time, it's not likely to, it's, it's not, it's not going to ever be as tight as it would be with a sibling. And so Right. You no, know, I haven't right. watched them play, but I can imagine the kind of connection those dudes have locking it down out
1: there. Yeah, Gilmer is just always one of those teams. I mean, every time, every time I hear about, you know, playoffs times, playoff times come they they always seem to find their way, you know, four or five rounds deep, even get, sometimes making it to the state game. So I look for Gilmer to probably beat Graham. Um, I always tend to side with some, some of those East Texas teams when they get to the playoffs. Man, it's just something about those guys. They always get the job done. Uh, this next
0: game is the one that is welcome. This next game is welcome to the motherfucking show
1: kind of yeah. deal. Like, like, I don't know if it's televised, but this is the kind of game they need to get on TV. So the next one we're talking about, I hope we're on the same page, is the Carthage Dogs against the Wimberley Texans. Yes, sir. Okay, so, man, this one, this one, I mean, Carthage played China Spring last week. And China Spring was on a bit of a roll. Uh, they China, China Spring is close to my hometown. It's about 30 minutes right, uh, right outside of Waco. Um, they beat West Orange Stark. And uh, who was the other team? I don't know. There were two top 10 teams they beat in the playoffs. Also in their district, they had Salado, who was a top 10 team, and Conley, who was a top 15 all year. And so they were pretty battle-tested. And Carthage just really took it to them. Um, throughout the first quarter, Second second quarter, China Spring kind of ha- hung in there, and then Carthage was just too much after that. They really put it on them um, and moved to twelve and zero. And then uh, went and also Carthage has a quarterback named Kai Horton. He's a three star according to two four seven sports. So I'll be interested to see with him. They didn't have a lot of stats on their uh, website, but uh, I've kind of seen Carthage play. And uh, if I know anything about Carthage and he and him being the quarterback, I bet he's pretty good. And I bet they got some guys that can go around. Do they still there. have
0: Keontae Ingram's brother. Or was he graduated? I think year? he's a
1: receiver now at Texas. I think he already moved on to Texas because I think his name was like Cavante Ingram or something like that. Yeah. Um, then we got the Wimberley Texans. They beat Geronimo, Geronimo Navarro last week. Uh, it's
0: also again, Texas.
1: That's your boy Steffens with neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah, and they're always they're always pretty solid, man. They always are in it as well. Um, But yeah, we got the Wimberley Texans. They got a quarterback named Matt Tippy. He's thrown for 3,500 yards and they have two receivers over 800 yards. So they like to air it out a little bit. Um, That'll be interesting to see what happens in the athletes that Carthage has. I don't know if that'll work out well for them, but uh, Wimberley Wimberley always puts together a good team. So that'll be interesting to see what happens in that game. I'm going to, for my state champions or my uh, state finals pick, I'll have Gilmer versus Carthage. And an East Texas showdown. Yeah,
0: dude, so is this the first year of realignment?
1: Yeah, uh, this was the first year of the they re yeah they redid the district. So there, there's a lot of uh,
0: also uh, we were talking about Argyle earlier. They have a kid in 2021 that is a three star tackle going to TCU.
1: Do they really? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of going through, and, and also your boys from Tenaha. I'll get i'll get to them in a little bit four star in
0: 2021
1: yeah sure yeah so so i'll get to them in a little bit at the bottom of our uh they're at the bottom at t 2, two ad2 because uh
0: are they still in it
1: no they're not in it but the oh. t- played mm, that i've I've seen Tannehill play a lot, and I've never seen Tenaha be out-athleted, and this team out-athleted Tenaha So we'll get to them in a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I'll just throw, like, some random fun facts in there as we're going through. So, like, China – you were talking about Carthage playing last round? Yes. Did you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So China spring. spring, the team we were talking about, that Carthage played, they have a three-star defensive end going to Kansas. Yeah. Yeah. Man, who Who was the guy that you that was the three they, that you found on twenty four seven?
1: Yeah, uh, the guy at uh, Carthage, the quarterback Kai Horton.
0: Okay, I haven't found him yet. But uh so... Did you hear me?
1: No, I didn't hear you. I oh, said, so let's go ahead and move on to three A. Okay, yeah, we're going to three A D one. So the first matchup we have is Tuscola Jim Ned Indians versus the Mount Vernon Tigers. Do you know anything about Mount Vernon?
0: Uh.
1: Uh-uh. You want to guess who their head coach is?
0: Oh, I know who their head coach
1: is. Is it uh, Art Brows? Art Brows is the head coach oh, of Mount shit. Vernon, the twelve and two Mount Vernon Tigers. So. <clears throat> Tuscola, Jim, Ned, and Mount Vernon are two teams you probably wouldn't think that would beat. There, Tuscola beat Pilot Point last week, and the week before that, they beat Brock. And if you know anything about three, was number one, right? yeah, Brock was number one, and if Brock is always a tough out, and so the fact that Tuscola, Jim, Ned got through she Pilot is Point like Brock is huge, hey, how's it going? It's just a huge deal. Then you can look over at Mount Vernon; they beat Malakoff last week, which is uh. Not too deep into East Texas, but uh, they're pretty far out there. thing about Malakoff is the week before that, they pulled off their own big upset. I'm pretty sure they beat Grandview the week before that. And if you know anything, those two have been in the state semifinals against each other uh, multiple different times and had just slobber knockers against each other. And so – Slobber knockers. I'm stealing that one, dude. There you go. There you go. So the fact that – (laughs) <laughs> exactly. The fact that uh Malakoff beat Grandview, who is the two last who who has won the last two state championships for 3AD one. And then Mount Vernon pulls off their own upset in beating Malakoff. Uh just kind of two teams that you probably wouldn't thought that would be, wouldn't think that would be there. Um you got a kid at Mount Vernon. His name is Brock Naylor, and he's actually committed to AM Commerce to play quarterback for them next year. And so it'll be interesting to see what this kid does. He's a big kid, he's like 6'2, 220, and uh it's just Interesting to see that Art Browles has some of these guys in high school, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what his offense can do um, translating to the high school game, which it seems like it's worked out pretty good. And you look at Jim Ned, they're just kind of a balanced attack. Their QB threw for about 1,600 yards, and they got a running back named Xavier Wishort, I believe, and he ran for 2,000 yards this year. So they're kind of balanced. Uh, I think that's going to be a good game. I'm going to actually give the edge to, to Scola, Jim Ned, um, just because of the road that they've they've played. And uh, getting through Pilot Point and Brock's a pretty, t- pretty big deal. Then you look at the game but under that. You have Hallettsville. I know that you have. A-
0: Rest in peace.
1: Against the Lano Yellow Jackets. Um, Hallettsville actually played your alma mater, Columbus, last week. And I watched yeah. that game. Jeez. And uh, if you have watched most of the game, you probably would have thought Columbus won. But there was one difference in that game. And his name is Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks uh, kind of took over uh, at the end of the game and just said, hey, I'm going to go win this game. I want to say, what, he run a, run a punt back and then just kind of sealed the game at the end? Yeah, so
0: Columbus decided to, you know, a guy like Jordan Brooks, he's going to Texas. He's borderline. I think he has a four-star. <laughs> um, there, there's arguments on whether he's going to get playing time at Texas or not. I'm going to tell you after watching last week, he's going to get PT. Um I don't know if he'll win any Heisman's or anything, but the the dude can ball, and at the 3A level, he uh, he can tear you up. Yeah, he ran for six or 509 touchdowns the week before in the like the third or fourth round of playoffs. So Columbus comes into this game, and they're like, we're he's we're not we're not gonna be able to stop him, but we need to slow him down. And so they basically dared Hallsville to throw the ball. And to be honest, I think. Brooks was on the field for every play, offense, defense, special teams. And then I also think that he didn't get enough carries. I'm sure he was in like the 20-something carry, but he needed to have 30-plus. And Columbus hat was in control. And uh, you know they were they were taking care of the clock and, and going down and getting touchdowns and forcing Huntsville to score every time. Well, going into the fourth quarter. Huntsville's down eleven because Columbus's game plan is working. Jordan Brooks has got like 150 rushing yards, 76 of a game on one touchdown in the first half. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, Columbus is up eleven. They come we out ran throwing that punt out.
1: back, and that was a huge well. So that's, deal. that's
0: they threw it to this guy. He was wide open about 25, 30 yards down the field. They Got scared and dropped it, so then automatically they're behind the sticks. So then they have to throw it again and complete third down. They run it to get some room, they don't get anything, and then they punt it. It's a shank. Brooks snags it and takes it 45 yards to the house to give Howitzville yeah. the lead. Or, yeah, no, so Howitzville had scored already earlier, but anyways, the punt gives Howitzville the lead, and then Amazon the PAT up by two. Columbus drives down. They said well, this is it. We're gonna drive down, run the clock out when with like fi- a minute and fifty left. They kick a 31-yard field goal, That's snap, kicker misses it wide left, and then Houtsville gives it to Jordan Brooks. Third down, Columbus is out of timeouts. You get the first down, ball game's over. And yeah, he, he's he's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, man. He was he's a good ball player. It'll be interesting to see what he does at Texas. I think he'll I think he'll hold his own. He looks like a good ball player.
0: He he uh you know, I don't know if he'll end up the same body type and everything, but he kind of reminds me of what Keontae Ingram was like in high school. Okay. I um, a, l- a little bit shiftier than Keontae Ingram, but he's he's built more towards the every down back kind of guy versus Jordan Winnington, who's going to be a uh, – a scat back or a split out or a, or you turn him into a slot, slot right? Yeah. whatever. Then they have multiple options with Whittington. That's just what was best for him. And their offense, mm-hmm. but for he's sure. He's a little bit jukey and shifty like Whittington, but he's a little bit more solidly built like Keontae Ingram.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then moving over, you got the Lano Yellow Jackets. Uh, they played in a couple of really big games this year against Lago Vista. Um, Lano actually won district against Lago Vista and then had to play him again uh, last round. And it's always really hard to beat a team twice, especially from your district, just because you're familiar with those guys. And there's always like a little rivalry, you know, when you're playing against your district again in the playoffs. They're led by a senior named Case Kirkendall. He threw for 2,000 yards and he also rushed for 1,400. So he kind of just does a little bit of everything for the Lano Yellow Jackets. I think at the in the end though, I'm probably going to go with Hallettsville just because they have the best player on the field, and the Brooks kid. So my state championship pick is going to be Tuscola Jim Ned versus the Hallettsville Brahmas.
0: Spoiler alert! They've already played this year. Do what? Spoiler alert! They've played before. Hallettsville. They, play, they, they played the first week of October.
1: Didn't didn't Jim Ned beat or didn't Jim Ned beat them? Yeah. So Hallettsville has two losses this year.
0: And well, uh, they lost to Shiner. Yeah,
1: Shiner 2A. Shiner, Shiner's 2A D D one, and Hallexville's 3A D one. Yeah. And it just that Shiner just beat uh Refurio last Refuria, week to which advance we'll get, the get semis. To
0: and then uh, they played Jim Ned the second week. And I don't I don't know how the game ended up, but it was a
1: 24-21. So it kind of sounded like the Columbus playoff game. It was kind of yeah. down to the wire. So maybe maybe they have something against Hallettsville. I'd love to see that rematch. Uh, I think, like you said, I think the key is to making Hallettsville pass and just stacking the box against the Brooks kid. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, I, I don't mean to sh- What was that? Uh, what I was saying is, I, I I'd love to see that rematch against Tuscola Jim Ned and Hallettsville. I think the key against Hallux, Halluxville is to stack the box and uh, make them beat you passing the ball. Yeah, so so that guy can't – he can't really throw it more than 15 yards. Active.
0: Yeah. <coughs> oh. Anyways, what were you saying? You're going to take Jim Ned versus Halluxville in your prediction.
1: That's That's my prediction right there. Then we're gonna to move to 3A D2. This this game right here has a chance to be the best one out of all the state semifinal games. You have the Canadian Wildcats who are a, who are a mainstay against the Gunner Tigers. So listen to this, um, for Canadian, their defense gives up 12 points a game. They're led by a quarterback named Josh Colwell who threw for 3,300 3, yards they have a running back named Hayes Hulfsletter, 1,700 rushing yards, and this is a pretty cool name right here. His name is Twister Kelton, and he had about a thousand receiving yards. So they they kind of do it all, man. They're they're solid Canadian. They're 13 and one. Um, they're just they're really good. And then you have Gunner. Uh, Gunner's kind of always in it. They're always you know in the state semis, uh, state championship game. Uh, they have three guys that rush for over. 500 yards, um, and their defense only gave up 10 points a game. So they just are they're solid all around. I can't wait to watch this game. Uh, That that's going to be my game of the week right there. Is the one that I'm most excited about. It's just going to be a really good one. You have kind of Canadian that's going out. I wouldn't say West Texas, but getting out there and then Gunner's kind of the Wichita Falls area. I think um, going up there.
0: I'm not sure about Gunner Gunther or whatever however you say it, but I know that Canadian. Uh, is panhandle
1: country yeah panhandle that's right i'm pretty sure gunner is uh getting up top of wichita falls going towards maybe lake texomo up that up that way Is that sound no possum kingdom i'm sorry possum kingdom pk, PK. yeah i don't know why i said Never seen fireworks wow. on pk Gunther, texas exactly exactly yeah
0: it's uh, uh right next to pk Okay. Like just south of it. I think that
1: that's makes PK. sense. I got it. Hey, my, my geography is really good. Thank goodness for uh, seventh grade uh, Texas history and learning where everything was. <laughs> um, then the next semifinal, you had the Wascom Wildcats against the Franklin Lions. So uh, Wascom's another one of those teams. Um, they beat Elysian Fields who beat them in district to actually win the district championship. So they had to come I back to fields. So they're all out in East Texas. Yeah. Um, Wascom's getting close to the Louisiana state border, I believe. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to come and beat that district, that guy, that team in district who, you know, uh, beat you for the district championship. They, they always have kind of an edge on you. And for them to come do that in this uh, quarterfinals, that's kind of a big deal. And then you had the Franklin Lions who beat Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo was in their same district. Uh, I remember watching that game a little bit last week, and uh, the commentators mentioned that the the Franklin coaches told them that they thought they were still a year away uh, from being in the spot that they are right now. So Franklin's kind of arrived a year earlier. And I don't know if you remember this. Uh, there was a guy on TechSags. I think it was Ryan Broniger, who posted – a. Ki- uh, video of an eighth grader just mowing everybody over at like the start of the football season yeah that kid's from franklin so he'll be on their varsity team probably next year oh shit franklin hey, uh,
0: uh I, I, you were kind of right the first time so it's uh gunther is north of dallas in between dallas and lake texoma it's right next to lake ray roberts okay and then uh yeah, it's two and a half hours from PK. I got the lakes mixed up. That was my bad. Gotcha.
1: So I was Texoma was the one. Okay. I knew it was yeah. or PK. I couldn't remember. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so Franklin's gonna be good for a while. And Franklin's always solid. Uh they always go three, four rounds deep. Uh it's been a while since they've been to the state game, I believe. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they get there. Uh for my picks though, I'm gonna go Canadian over gunner and I'm going to wask them over Franklin. So we'll have a little East Texas versus the Panhandle in that state championship game is what my prediction is. <laughs>
0: Panhandle's been coming in strong. And then uh, 5A Rider and – not Ryder. Uh, uh, what's the – Lubbock Cooper's got some bad dudes over there. Really? Um, they should have – who uh, who's the guys that recruit um, – Alito they had Alito beat and lost on a bad call last year. And I'm pretty I think sure I remember
1: that. I think I'm I am pretty
0: sure that. Alito went on to win state pretty handily, right?
1: Yeah, it's always hard to beat Alito and the rest. Dude. Right. They they
0: had they had them beat and uh we'll, we'll see what they got this year. Uh, I know a coaching a guy that coaches over there, but I don't know if they have, is, I think they lost a lot off that team, but just in general, the panhandle. So I know Abernathy in two and three A last year. Yeah. They're always was, was dirty. New Deal, which is north of Abernathy in New between Plainview. Yeah. Uh, the panhandle's just been coming on strong. I know Canadian, Canadian's always been real good, but
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But so just, uh, just as a whole. And then here's another panhandle on. team I have coming up right here. You got the post antelopes. Oh shit! That's all eight oh six. Yeah. So post man, post this year. Listen, listen to how many points a game they're giving up this year. They're giving up four points per game. Four <sighs> points per game. That is. Four? They've only given up one touchdown in the playoffs. They got four. Guys <laughs> Holy shit. Y- yeah, they've they they've given they've got four guys who have over five hundred y- rushing yards, and they're led by a kid named EJ Jefferson who has a little over 1,500 yards. Um, man, Post is just on one this year. I knew that they made it deep last year, and so they must have had, they're, they're coming with a vengeance this year, and uh, they're playing the Crawford Pirates. So Crawford's another one of those 2-5-4 teams. Um, the thing about Crawford is, is uh, they, I haven't seen a whole lot about them this year. I knew they were going to be good. I didn't realize how good they were going to be. Um, they've, they played uh, Bosqueville last week, and they beat them pretty handily, uh, which is a little surprising because the first time they played, they beat Bosqueville 27-20, and then last week they beat them 48 to nothing. So they're kind of peaking at the right, right time. Uh, Crawford's only loss, though, was because of a COVID forfeit. They lost to Valley Mills on a COVID forfeit. So really, Crawford, it, they're 13-1 and right now, but if they would have played Valley Mills, it would have been a 40 to nothing game. They, they're, they're way better than Valley Mills um so they they've had a strong playoff showing they haven't had a whole lot going against them granted I think the 2a d1 uh for the region I don't think it's very strong this year uh just from some of the teams that I know that are in it so I'm going to take post I think post is probably going to run away with this one to be honest with you but Crawford one of those teams we played Crawford in multiple sports when I was coaching and they just know how to win man they went they went at football basketball and baseball so I never want to count them out I just think that post is uh they, they have something that they're trying to prove this year. <clears throat> then going to our other 2AD1 matchup, we have Timson, the Timpson Bears versus the Shiner Comanches. So, Timpson is uh, one of those East Texas teams. Uh, they, they look like they've won a lot of their games this year pretty easily. Um, and they haven't played, they haven't they played pretty good competition just from looking at their schedule. They played like Alto, um, they played Beckville last week. And those are all teams that are usually historically solid, but they're going to have to play Shiner. And uh, Shiner this year is a different animal. Shiner beat 3A D1 Howitzville, who's in the state semifinals. And Shiner beat Refurio last week. You know anything about Texas high school football? Refurio is always a team that's going to be close or either in that state championship game. And Shiner beat him last week. Shiner's led by two brothers, uh they're, they're, na- they're the Brooks brothers, no pun intended for the they're, – other- They're relatives. They're relatives. So there's Doug and Dalton. Doug is a 6'1", 265-pound running back, dude. i watched them play referred- – okay, Hey,
0: let me rephrase that. They're relatives to Jonathan Brooks, not the Brooks brothers.
1: <laughs> oh, they are? They, they Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, no, that no makes that's sense, his cousin. Actually. Yeah. God, dude, could you imagine all three of those guys on the same team? So Shiner and
0: Howitzville are maybe 15 minutes apart.
1: Really, I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, But the thing about they have Doug at 6'1, 265, and they have his brother Dalton at 6'2, 175. And, man, they just get after you. They're just smash mouth football, Shiner is. It's watching them against Refurio last week. I haven't seen Refurio get out physical in a lot lot of times. And uh, they just really put it on Refurio last week. And it was a good game, but Shiner just, man. They, uh, I think they're tired of everybody saying, hey, y'all are going to play Refurio, you know, y'all had a good season this year. No, it's like, no way. Hey, this is our year. So, uh, I like Shiner in that game. Uh, I look to see Post versus Shiner in that state championship matchup, and that's going to be a damn good game. Uh, That could be, that could probably be one of the best games, actually, if if we want to get down to it. Moving on, we go to t- the smallest division of 11-man football and my personal favorite of 11-man football because I coached in it and that's where I grew up. Uh, we have the Wellington Skyrockets against the Winthorst Trojan. I'm going to be
0: honest, but I'm going to stop you right there. I have no idea where either of those towns are. Okay. So Never, Winthorst,
1: Winthorst, I'm pretty sure, is close to the Wichita Falls area. And Wellington is getting out in that Panhandle area, too.
0: Wellington, Texas. 2,189 people. They are Panhandle.
1: Yep. They look like they're about
0: 15 minutes from Oklahoma.
1: Yeah, they'll go over and play some Oklahoma schools uh, during the preseason. What was the other one? Uh, Winthorst. W i n t h o r s t. They were in a uh, they were in a tough district this year. They were in there with Munster and Munster. They had to play Munster last week. Uh, I'll get to that. I love a... cheese. Do what?
0: I love cheese.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so Winthorst's only loss was the, to the Hamlin Pied Pipers, and uh, Hamlin last year played Mart, who we'll get to a 25-20 game in the state championship. So a lot of teams thought that Hanlon spot that Winthorst is, but Hanlon got upset by Munster, who then went on to play Winthorst, and Winthorst ultimately beat Munster. Um, Wellington's one of those who's who's of uh, 2A D2 football. They're always in it. You know who they are. Uh, they have a cool cool mascot, the Skyrockets. Offensively this year, they're averaging 38 points a game, and defensively they're giving up 13 points a game. So they're usually winning each game by about three touchdowns. Three or four touchdowns. Um, then you look at Winthorst. You have uh, the Belcher brothers. Um, they kind of they kind of make Winthorst run. You have Cy Belcher at quarterback who threw t- for twenty one hundred yards, and you have each, Ethan Belcher who went for nineteen hundred yards, um, I believe, as the running back. So uh, you got two brothers right there, and you have another kid named Kyle Wolfe who had a thousand yards receiving. So they they kind of. Uh, Do you know who uh, Tex Winner is? Tex Winter, that sounds familiar. He's a
0: former NBA basketball coach.
1: That sounds really familiar. He coached the
0: Rockets in the 70s. Uh, he was assistant for the Lakers in the early 2000s.
1: Anyways, he was born in Wellington, Texas. Wellington, okay. Well, Wellington's always good at basketball, too. They're all- he,
0: he was one of the uh, original triangle offense guys.
1: Really? Okay. Well, I think it'd be safe to say that Wellington probably runs the triangle. Then, um, so but in this game, I'm going to go with the Wellington Skyrockets. Uh, they're just one of those teams that knows how to win. They'll always get there. Uh, so I have Wellington in that first two a d two semifinal matchup. Then we have the number one state ranked, 13 and 0 Mark Panthers against the 11 and two Falls City Beavers. No offense to Fall City, but Mart's just got too much firepower. Mart out-athleted Tannehill last year, and Mart has won the last three state championships, two of them in 2A-D2 and one of them in 2A-D1 where they beat Refurio. Um, Mart has a multitude of different guys that can take it to the house at any point. Uh, They're just one of those teams that just, I mean, going and watching them play is just its something else. They're always they're always a threat to win the state championship. They uh, historically, I think they've won seven or eight state championships um, for the town of Mart. Um, just a lot of tradition there. Uh, I mean, my favorite player from Mart's name is Quan Cosby. He was actually. Oh, I was just about to quiz you. I was just about to quiz you. Yes, Quan Cosby. Uh, he was a and it's kind of funny that that's my favorite player because he played at the University of Texas. But uh, just just an absolute stud athlete uh he went to Mart, got offered by the university of texas played baseball for a couple years at Mart, got drafted by the major league so he went and played major league baseball then he comes back to university of texas and plays football for them and then got drafted by cincinnati and played in the league for a couple years so just one of those guys that can do it all uh that was from Mar and uh they just i mean the the athletes that they have is crazy and they're all homegrown kids uh if you ever get a chance go to Mart, texas and watch them play because you will not be let down
0: there was uh, a guy from uh that played for a&m in the 40s from mart he ended up playing in the nfl he was really? uh his name's cullen rogers he uh does not have a lot of his there was, used to be a 16 rounds in the nfl draft holy shit goodness gracious I, I, I'm going to say that he didn't uh, – he played football and baseball at AM, but I'm going to guess he didn't really sustain the, a very long career in the NFL. But yeah, and, the, and the,
1: the unfortunate part is uh, my Hubbard Jaggers, they always have to play Martin District now. And, uh, man, they just got too much firepower. They, so in our district, it's us, Chilton, Bremond, um, uh, Wortham, and Frost – and uh, Bremon was a state-ranked top ten team. And if you know anything about Bremon, a couple of years ago, they had Rashad Paul, and they were winning state championships. Well, Mart beat them like 77 to six this year. That just tells you how good Mart is. And uh, so, it's it's unbelievable. So I have Mart overwhelmingly over Fall City. When I watched them play Tena this this weekend, they were up twenty-one to nothing with the, with halfway through the first quarter. Uh, they just have so much firepower. So I have Martin Wellington in my 2A D2 finals, and I have the Mark Panthers going for their fourth straight state championship this year. Um, so that's all we have, or I have for my, uh, you know, my state semifinals. Hopefully, be back here next week with a little bit more insight into what's going on with the state finals, and maybe a couple of guest appearances from some of uh, our coaching, my coaching buddies.
0: Hey everybody, real quick. As you can tell, I was having a little bit of internet issues recording this week's episode. So we got cut a little bit short. We got through the 2A, 3A, and 4A games. If one of your teams are still in the playoffs, good luck to you this weekend. Um... Hopefully everybody enjoys this. We'll be back next week doing state championship previews and playoff previews for the big schools. Um, I don't know if Toves mentioned it or not, but he is bringing one of his former high school coaching buddies from the Central Texas area, uh, Waco coach. And uh, we'll be talking to him to him, picking his brain and figuring out who he likes for the state championship games and the different divisions next week and with that we also have another j-boy episode coming on to eat his crow after texas a&m took out auburn last weekend we had to postpone because obviously as you could tell i was having internet issues that night and then the next day when we're supposed to record my internet decided to actually fall off the face of the earth and die so we're trying to get j-boy rescheduled so he can come eat some crow hang out with us talk some college football playoffs and with that See you on the other side, take it easy.